This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and standing by to join me is Lisa Marsh Ryerson, president of AARP Foundation. Welcome to the show. Janine, what a treat to be with you today. Uh, you have a very interesting background. Before you became, you know, this had this role in AARP, yes. what were you doing before? I was the college president at Wells College in the Finger Lakes of New York State, Central New York, Janine, which you know because of your educational background at Syracuse University. Yes. And so, and it has, that journey has been important for the topic that you and I are talking about. So I spent so much of my career with more traditional age college students. And Janine, even prior to that, I taught fifth and eighth grade. You then did? I moved to AAR, oh. I did <laughs> move to AARP Foundation where I am working to end senior poverty and to address this public health crisis of isolation. So I, I believe I bring this unique combination of seeing isolation as it occurs across the life course. Yes. And hopefully being able to work with you and others who are doing great work in this field and are interested to weave together intergenerational solutions. Definitely. And as we had talked about, I'm so interested in making, having the conversation of ageism become part of the curriculum like STEAM and STEM. Yes. And it has to start so young. I, I've been hearing that, you know, what, at two years old, they, people are, children already form, you know, ideas of what it means to be older and it's not sure. really positive. Yes, because it's societal, right? Right. So, you know, you and I know that and there are academic studies, but when all of the messages you're receiving or a majority of messages one receives from the various inputs yes. in society uh, lead you to believe that that is a time in life to avoid or a time in life of failing, right. you know, no surprise uh, that there are challenges for yes. younger people. Well, and my background at Syracuse really was instructional design. And I, I went to Newhouse just not as a, as a minor or major, but I had the, you know, I was able to take classes in TV, radio and film. So yes. I love the idea of, of building the curriculum to address this. Yes. Yes, I think it's important, and I think, and, and we know. Not only do I think it's important to think about curriculum or pedagogy, mm -hmm. you know, ac across the life course of learning, right. to address the topic of of ageism, but it's also valuable and needed. Uh, communities across this nation, especially in this moment, Janine, when we're all coming together and recognizing that we must come together yes. to to address the barriers to really having full inclusion and equitable outcomes for all, age is a factor there. So right. let's use this time to recognize that communities can only be healthy, healthy if they include the gifts, talents, and contributions of every member of that community. Absolutely. That includes older adults yes. as an asset. And one of the things I was learning in the fellowship was, you know, I sort of knew that 18 year olds, let's say college students in that age range were yes. lonely and depressed and felt isolated. But when you connect them with older adults, those intergenerational strategies can be fantastic. It's a win-win. It is a win-win, you know, for many reasons, again, and again, you know this from your academic background as well. Part of it is that our learning, is, strongest learning is often experiential learning. Mm -hmm. So weaving into all different, the variety of learning um, scenarios Yes. experience, bringing people together across differences, including across generational differences, is really powerful. It helps learning stick, yes. be stickier, 
yes. uh, for us as well. And college students, I mean, think about students of all ages. I don't know about you. I loved my grandparents. Oh, yes. My and so as a result, oh. I loved being with older adults who weren't my uh, familial grandparents, yes. but are older adults who are important to me across my lifespan. And then much of my career was spent in higher education, which by its design is intergenerational. You have faculty members and staff members of all ages working with college students of a variety of ages. So fortunately for me, I have both lived, worked, played in environments that are inclusive of all ages. Yes. I see the power of it. We also know, Janine, through our grant making at AARP Foundation, uh, we know um, that the outcomes of intergenerational activities are solid and important for communities. So a couple of years ago, we completed a grant making cycle with the Council on Independent Colleges, okay. where we were looking at colleges as anchor institutions and communities. And these are um, small and medium-sized liberal arts colleges that exist in communities across our nation. And the programs were so exciting, Janine. We had students at Bennington College who were working with an arts and residence program, bringing in uh, low-income older adults from the community. Great. We had other college students teaching technology to older adults. We had nurses and occupational therapists at Dominican and California working with older adults. And of course they were working on other issues of mobility. What was the outcome? Greater connectivity across yeah. generations. Yeah. And I so do, the programs work. Well, and I do believe we said that this can help the mental health pandemic we're in. That's right. I really do. You know? Well, we know, right? The evidence is there that social isolation and loneliness are on the rise. Right. That during the course of this pandemic and the convergence of pandemics, COVID-19, economic downturn, racism and discrimination, which has been this ongoing pandemic, yes. that more and more people were isolated because they were taking safety measures, mm -hmm. were isolated because they lost jobs, Right. and didn't have income or uh, resources to remain connected with their networks and communities or are isolated because of their identity and the systems we've built in society. Yes. So, you know, we, it's on the rise. It is a public health crisis, maybe yeah. mirrored by something we don't call, Janine, a public health crisis, but there is a crisis of the exclusion of older adults in society, yes, where we are, we are not taking, we are not leveraging the assets of right. older adults yes. as fully as we should be. Yes, I, I keep hearing the term social capital. That's right. There's social capital. Social capital, and there are plenty of needs in communities. Mm -hmm. I agree. What's so inspiring too about what you're saying is for people that are wanting to become an entrepreneur at this time, let's say they have lost their job, you know, to really think about how they can create something that is intergenerational. Yes. Yeah. To have that as a focus, as you're saying, in yes. terms of business design. Yes. You know, on that topic, Janine, we run a program at AERP Foundation called Work for Yourself at 50 Plus. Fastest growing sector of entrepreneurs, older adults or people over 50. So mm -hmm. I'm going to take your idea, if I may. You know, we're working with older adults who, mm -hmm. because of a job loss, because of age discrimination, which is alive and well, a thread in our conversation here today, working with older adults to help them make wise decisions about beginning their own business yes. um, or becoming a social entrepreneur. 
So I think you've added something that is really uh, unique to the conversation. Does your business design consider an intergenerational, maybe consumer place or marketplace or connection at its core? So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Just give me a little credit there. (laughs) Of course, of course. (laughs) Well, as I said before we started, I'm going to have you on the show you know, frequently because uh, AARP is doing wonderful things. Can you talk Thank about you. some of the things that have happened during the pandemic to help people with loneliness and social isolation? Yes, happy to talk and just inter- interrupt me, Janine, when I go on and on too much because I'm really proud of my team at AARP Foundation and across AARP uh, for all that they've done and are continuing to do to, to address Um, growing social isolation among older adults. We were well positioned, Janine, because as you know, AARP Foundation has works in the place of increasing opportunity for older adults and addressing social isolation as core to all of that, being sure that all older adults have the connections to people and community supports and resources. But when we work in social determinants, we identified social isolation as a key social determinant a decade ago. And so we had been working in the space and working hard to advocate for more public awareness, more evidence-based interventions and and work on addressing growing social isolation. So as the pandemic hit, we had resources ready to go. Yeah, you already had the blueprint in place. We had the blueprint, you're right. We had the blueprint, but we had to double down Yes, because what we were seeing and what you referenced in in your areas of interest is that isolation really is a life course issue. Certainly the risk of it increases with age for a variety of factors that might be related to comorbidities, might be related, for example, to mobility or to hearing loss or job loss or relocating and leaving your community where you have your reliable social network. But our blueprint said, let's drive into the expertise we have. We already had our platform connect toeffect.org, which is a very interactive and dynamic website and platform that allows individuals or caregivers to go online, to take an assessment, which we should take regularly. I do, Janine. It helps you assess where you are with your social connection health and then connects you to tools and resources in your community that allow you to make social connection a focus and to keep yourself from slipping into isolation. We employed chatbots to help people, when you think about mental health Mm -hmm. and connection, used a chatbot so that someone 24 hours a day could use their phone and text with a chatbot. And the chatbot would urge the individual to reconnect with community resources and tools. Yes. So a lot of evidence-based solutions um, are available through connect to effect and let me just add to that, because one of the things that I've learned, too, in the fellowship is, you know, there's a difference between loneliness and social, social isolation. And there you is. So, socially isolated and not be lonely. That's right. And you could be lonely and not be socially isolated. You can be with a whole group of friends, but be so lonely and down. Yes. And I know I switched my show to On Camera last March, and it was really because I felt isolated and I wanted to connect with people. So over 300 people later, it's really, I've had these days where I miss, you know, face-to-face in-person contact, but this is the next best thing. It is the next best thing. And so we can employ technology and I'm, I'm really happy that you turned the cameras on because 
again, there is hard to find silver linings, right? 15 months right. into a pandemic where there has been so much loss and suffering for so many people in a variety of ways, oh, yeah. loss of life, illness, loss of jobs, loss of our human contact with one another. But you milestones. know that I believe- Wait, excuse me, milestones. Milestones. Yeah. You know, I am happy that you shared that because for example, Janine, as we are preparing for transitions for return to our workspaces from a remote work environment, I believe it's very important to bring communities together where we reintroduce ourselves. Oh, yes. And part of that reintroduction is how do you have ceremonies or rituals around shared sorrows or loss that people have gone through? How do you come together around celebrations, yes. birthdays, achievements, graduations, um, the birth of children? Sure. Uh, I think that's so important in workplaces and in our communities to catch up with one another because there will be some hesitancy, won't there? Oh, yeah. To say, my story's changed and how do I tell my story now? Right. Yes. And people are uh, still apprehensive to be in person. They don't want to travel. Well, very much so because there, there remains a concern Yes. Even with good news and, and changes and guidelines at the CDC, right. we have shared together this, this dark period. But a silver lining is our shared vulnerability around social isolation. Yes. Without exception, every person had some part and multiple parts of our lives altered. And we felt, we felt really deeply what it meant to be disconnected from individuals and disconnected from the resources that are important in our lives. And so now I think it's incumbent upon us to leverage that shared vulnerability and our shared yes. humanity to be sure when we emerge that we don't leave older adults behind. And, and you hit on it, Janine, with the definitions. One of the, the key findings of the NAS study, which I, I know you're aware AARP Foundation supported to look at social isolation and loneliness among older adults, a key finding was to keep driving the definitions forward that loneliness and isolation are both public health crises yes. and they are different. Loneliness, as you know, is our subjective assessment of whether or not we have a reliable social network. And isolation is, do we have that network and do we have the resources and supports that allow us to not just survive, but thrive? Yes. Both important for emotional well-being. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know anybody who has not been impacted by what we're experiencing. The one thing that I will say is I love the idea of intergenerational strategies, and I'm writing articles about this, because it gives a sense of purpose and meaning to people's lives. Yes. And I feel like when you step out of that tough time you're going through. It could be a day, it could be a whole year. And yes. you spend time with somebody else. You have this mental vacation and you, you focus on something else, right? And yes. you can connect with, you know, an older adult who just might inspire you or just feel like, make you feel like you're really heard. Yes. You know, and listen to their stories. Or, and conversely, the older adult, right? In the reverse way is connecting with a younger person. Right. Who, and that is powerful for us as we age to have those connections and to frame our own thinking, 
to be able to share, you know, the wisdom and experience that older adults bring, but to also bring in perspectives of other generations. A lot of studies support this, Janine. At AARP Foundation, we run AARP Foundation Experience Corps. And this is, this has multiple goals. It is to help students who are in uh, K through three in underserved school districts and schools and communities be able to read to learn by the time they enter fourth grade because reading to learn is so important. And for us, it's part of fighting poverty across the life course. Mm -hmm. If you can read, you have a better chance at graduating high school, a better chance at ongoing education and at purposeful employment with family sustaining wages. Yes. But the tutors, Janine, are older adults from the community. We train them to serve as the tutors. They build this strong connection with their students that is important for them. We research this program and it's RCT researched for the reading and we are also have researched for the impact for the older adults. No Great. surprise to you, well over 90% of the volunteers over time report that they are more connected, healthier, Mm-hmm. They feel that they have purpose in their lives yes. and that they are doing important work for their students and for their community. Guess what happened during the pandemic? We were sure that those tutors, when schools were closed, had Chromebooks in their hands. They eagerly learned multiple platforms, whether it was Google Meetup, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, whatever the school was using, and continued to tutor online. Busting every myth, every myth about older adults and technology use. And why were they so eager? They are connected to their students. Yes. Yeah. And to the teachers and to the teachers in the schools. And volunteering is powerful. It also helps the parents. Let's face it. If you're, if you're helping tutor, you know, if an older adult, you're helping alleviate that pressure, you know, that commitment for a parent. That's right. That's right. And just so rich, the stories, Janine, from our volunteers over time. You know, based upon the Experience Corps model, Janine, a couple of years back, I gave a talk to uh, leaders or those working in seniors housing and in long-term care facilities or assisted living. And at that point, Janine, I said to them, my recommendation, and it it taps into your belief in purpose and belonging. My recommendation was stop calling Uh, staff members, activities, directors, I could guarantee them that when you pull older adults together with this whole great range of activities that sitting in that room were isolated and or lonely older adults, and instead hire a purpose matchmaker. Ooh, I like that. Figure out the purpose, what drives meaning in the lives of older adults in our communities and match that purpose with the the range of needs we have in our communities. It's an asset-based model. And everybody wins. Yes. So have you gone ahead and hired those people in those roles? I am checking up to see if the organizations, it's it's been uh, referred to broadly, Janine, but I do not have evidence that that an organization changed the titles. For our work at AARP Foundation, it's about that purpose matchmaking, whether it's helping older adults um, remain in the workforce and get meaningful work with high quality jobs or whether it's Experience Corps and our other range of volunteer programs that help older adults remain connected to community in very meaningful ways. We have 36,000 older adults who uh, 
work in our AARP Foundation Tax Aid Program, which is the largest volunteer-led tax preparation program in the nation. That is incredible. Older adults who are helping others be sure that they are accessing all of the credits and refunds that they deserve and are eligible for. Now, where can people find out more about all the great programs you have to offer? I would say head to connecttoeffect.org because that is the site where you'll learn about the topic we're discussing around decreasing isolation, let's say it more positively, increasing connection across this nation so that everyone has a chance to thrive and flourish as they age. I love it. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. Janine, I'm looking forward already to the next conversation and to hopefully welcoming you back to the Finger Lakes. I would love that. That'd be great. I'll have to bring a kayak because I don't row anymore on the crew team. <laughs> Kayaks, they're, they're abundant here, Janine, no worries. I, I love it. <laughs> that was my Mother's Day gift. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Terrific. Thank Terrific. you so much. Great to be with you, Janine.